Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Karanshir Sandhu. Karan is a PhD student in the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences. Karan is originally from India and joined WSU in the fall of 2017 under the supervision of Dr. Aaron Carter, WSU's winter wheat breeder. Karan's current research focuses on breeding for grain protein content stability using genomic selection and high throughput phenotyping tools. He is also focusing on identifying wheat lines with quicker canopy closure to compete with weeds. Karan received his BS degree from Punjab Agricultural University in India, where he majored in plant breeding and genetics. At WSU, he is increasing his understanding of plant breeding, phenomics, and statistical genomics. Hello, Karan. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for inviting me. Ah, it's a pleasure to have you here. So. Um, why did you decide to work on grain protein content stability rather than just either increasing or decreasing total yeah, grain protein? Yeah, that's really a good question, yeah. So the main reason for trying to go for the stability is that there is a negative correlation between grain protein content and grain yield. So if we are trying to increase the grain protein content, ultimately we are decreasing the grain yield content. So we try to identify the genes which are controlling the stability of protein content. So if we are able to find those genes, so we can incorporate those lines into our breeding germplasm and we will be having a stable amount of protein content across different environmental conditions. So in this way, if we are having stable protein content, we can make selection for other traits like yield or disease resistance. So we can improve those traits while keeping the protein content stability. And the other reason is this trait is highly affected by the environmental condition. For example, if a line is performing better in this environment, it won't be performing that stable for the protein content. But if we got those genes which are which makes line to perform stability across the multiple environments, so this will be a good target for breeding. Okay, so the fact that we do have very different years and even just a few miles down the road, the weather conditions are different, See, that's all impacting varieties and some varieties, I take it, will have a very large difference in protein, whereas others may not, and you're trying to find the ones Yeah, that we are don't. trying to find those lines which are having, not having that much difference. Okay, and trying to find the genetic components that yeah. control that. Okay, so how will you use genomic selection to achieve this goal of more stable grain protein? So the genomic selection is usually used to predict the breeding value of a line by just using its geno genetic makeup. So by using this technique, we can predict the stability index of a line. So we will just genotype a line or get its marker information, and then we will train our genomic selection model to predict the stability index of a line. So if a line is having a stability index of one, which is known as the stable line, so we can decide, yeah, this line will perform stable across a multiple environment, so we can plant that, that line in all those environments. On the other hand, which line is, 
line which is not having the stability index around one or which is highly variable from those lines so we can get to know before planting them this line won't be performing that stable so in this way we will be incorporating genomic selection to predict the stability predicting the grain protein content as well as grain yield by just using its marker information so how, how do you get uh, how do you figure out uh, what this value is is you, you grow it out in the field in lots of locations and so sites, for figuring out the value we just need to train our model okay. for so we will we will be using previous year data like three year four year once to train our model okay. so once our model is trained we just need to have genetic makeup or marker information of the line which is not planted in the field so okay. like before planting them in the field we can make some negative selection for example if we are having 1000 line we can easily eliminate like 400 500 bad lines and then just focus on the remaining okay so in this way we will be targeting negative selection okay so that's how genomic uh, selection helps right. you yeah get so it, it also de yeah de depends upon the different kind of model which we are using some models only take into account the additive effect of gene some try to include dominance plus epistatistics or the environmental interaction so we will be trying to use the different kinds of model whatever possible okay so how are you using spectral information i know that uh, the breeding programs collecting all this this data uh, there's lots yeah, of spectral how do you use that to help you uh, now, first of all, the spectral information is really important for a plant breeder because with the spectral information, we can get to know about the different physiological parameters in a plant. Like we can get to know the photosynthesis rate, different pigments like carotene and xanthophyll pigments, or the different kind of water stresses which a plant is undergoing. So if we are having those kind of information from plants, we can incorporate that information in our genomic selection model. So our model will be getting more accurate. Earlier we were just using the genomic information, now we are including some more traits which are related to the plants. Because all of these spectral information is correlated to plant grain yield or grain protein content in some way. So we will be definitely improving our genomic selection accuracy by using this information in our models. Okay, I guess maybe for our listeners who may not really understand what spectral information oh. is, you, 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 uh... So the spectral information is that we are getting the reflection values from a plant under the different region of electromagnetic spectrum. Plant absorb light mostly in the blue and the red spectrum. So that's the main region where they do mostly do photosynthesis and they reflect their light in, in green region. That's why we are seeing plants as a green. So by using these kinds of traits, so we can get to know yeah, protein content is mostly expressed around the wavelength of 500 to 600 nanometer so by using such reflectance value we can improve our predictions model okay. so like if we want to get to know about the water status of a plant we will be getting reflection in the 900 to 970 nanometers so these ranges we are already knowing those values so we we are just targeting those okay ranges. and then you can take that information and put yeah. that into your model as yeah. well yeah. okay very good so the other thing you mentioned um about or i I talked about in your introduction was your work on uh, plant canopy cover and weeds. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about why you think quick canopy closure is required for, for the PNW? Yeah, that's the main reason we are targeting quick canopy closure is mostly we are facing the problem of downy brown in our region. So like once snow cover is gone in the spring, 
So downy brahms started growing more quickly as compared to the wheat plant. So they try to compete with wheat for light interception, nutrient as well as water. But our wheat lines they grow very slowly as compared to downy brahms. So we are trying to identify the wheat lines which can grow more faster than downy brahms so that they won't be competing with downy brahms for all their nutrition requirements. So once we identify those lines then we will be targeting the genes which are controlling those 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 traits so that we can incorporate those genes into our breeding germplasm. So by this way if we can able to identify those lines we will be needing less amount of herbicides or we won't be facing that much problem for the downy brome. Like right now it's very difficult to control downy brome so we are trying to use a breeding approach for that. Yeah we've uh, being a weed scientist we've we've overused our herbicides and yeah. we have downy brome that's resistant to a lot of the herbicides. Yeah, yeah most so, of the resistance. So this competition Winter wheat is a very competitive crop. I'm, I'm wondering how do you how do you determine canopy closure? Do you have a light bar in there, so, or how? No, no. Or so we are just taking the weekly photos of our breeding plots. So we will be extracting the percentage canopy cover which are occupied by the wheat lines. So once the canopy closure is reached, we will say, uh, this week this week the canopy closure was 18 percent, and the next week it was still 80 percent. So we will be the, the last week there was 80 percent there was no more increase in the canopy so the canopy closure is already done okay so, so in the in the dry areas the wheat and wheat fallow areas some people are planting on 12 14 16 maybe even 18 inch row widths whereas here uh, in the plus you might be down to seven seven and a half inch how does that affect your canopy closure measurements so yeah, for this study, we also planted our trial in two locations. One was the Pendleton and other was the Pullman. Okay. So there we planted at the little wide spacing as compared to the Pullman. So the canopy closure was more in Pendleton because lines were having more area to grow. So they were growing more fast as compared to the Pullman. The other reason could be the temperature. Like in Pendleton, there was more temp higher temperature. So the canopy closure was more fast. And I'm agree, yeah, the spacing will definitely affect these things. So there will be ultimate range in which plant will be growing more as compared to the less spacing, but the temperature will be the other factor which will be controlling this. Okay, so I would think canopy closure, in addition to competing, providing greater competition with weeds, yeah. might confer some other benefits to the wheat. What are some other things you could use this canopy closure information to help breeders decide other things. Yeah, so we are also thinking that we can use the canopy closure information for predicting the grain yield in case of wheat. Like there was a study in soybean there and they found that the canopy growth was directly proportional to the grain yield. So we will be using our canopy information in the genomic selection model as a fixed effect just to account that in the account that variation and to predict the grain yield. So in this way, we will be still improving our genomic selection model for predicting the grain yield by using those informations. Okay, well the, the canopy closure stuff is really interesting to me as a weed scientist, but I also know growers, you know, grain protein in some years can add a lot of value to, to the crop they sell. Yeah, so they're gonna be very interested in this. So we'll keep our eyes open for the progress you make over the next few years. And thank you very much for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at 
drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.